The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Now, does she have WhatsApp messages or not? Despite being accused of deleting WhatsApp messages at the UK COVID inquiry, former First Minister of Scotland Nicola Sturgeon has insisted that she does have them and that they have been submitted. Now, to give us an idea of what the increasing pressure is on Nicola Sturgeon, we're joined by Katrina Stewart, columnist with The Herald. Katrina, good morning. Good morning. Uh, Tell me how this uh, arose, that the WhatsApp messages on her phone are relevant or otherwise, and is it a personal phone, an official phone, or two phones? We believe it's a a personal phone, but it's used for government business as well as personal business. The issue with the WhatsApp messages is that Nicola Sturgeon has deleted them. She has said that she's deleted them, but also that she's been able to obtain copies of the WhatsApp messages from other people. So there is an issue of transparency there, obviously, but there are also questions around retention of information, who's made the decisions about deleting these messages. And uh, she had said very clearly when asked by journalists during the COVID lockdowns whether she was going to be retaining WhatsApp messages and emails and things like Teams messages to be passed to an inquiry And she had said very clearly that she would, but then these have been subsequently deleted. So this is causing huge headaches for the SNP, for the Scottish Government, and lots of questions being asked about this. Now, uh, some people routinely delete WhatsApp messages just as a kind of a regular clear out. I don't. I don't even check whether they vanish or not after a certain period of time. But there are people who do sort of housekeeping. Some people even do it every day. What is she saying as to why she deleted those messages Was it routine or was it accidental or perhaps was it deliberate? The stock line that's being given is that everyone involved followed Scottish government protocol. But the question is, when was that protocol decided? Because as I say, she was very clear that she was going to be retaining all of this information to pass to an inquiry. Scotland had said that there would be a COVID inquiry quite some time before the Westminster government had committed to an inquiry. So this wasn't a surprise. We knew that the inquiry was coming down the line. She had very firmly said that all information would be retained. And yet in the past few days, we've heard that not only Nicola Sturgeon has deleted her WhatsApp messages, but also the Deputy First Minister, John Swinney, had his messages set to auto-delete. And there have been uh, evidence given that really high profile figures such as Professor Jason Leach, who's the government's national clinical director, was also deleting WhatsApp messages, but joking about deleting them as well. So the, the tone of the conversation around this that we're getting from information that has been retained is really problematic mm-hmm. for these very high profile figures. Um, that business of uh, deleting them and, and joking about it... I mean, do we know the nature of that conversation? Was it better to get rid of this because it could be embarrassing or this might be understood, better get rid of that? Or what do we know? There's long been a frustration uh, from Scottish journalists that when we submit freedom of information requests to the Scottish government, we get a stock line back saying that information has not been retained. And uh, that line has come up in uh, in transcripts of conversations that we've seen between officials that have been presented to the inquiry. So it does look somewhat like there was a mocking tone taken in this situation. 
there's um, emojis being used. And, and I think it's quite difficult because obviously the pandemic was was a very fast moving situation. People were working from home. New ways of communicating were being found. And if you're in an office environment, you will have these informal conversations back and forward. But committing them to writing in this way seems yeah. very unwise and it does make it look like there was a culture of secrecy going on behind the scenes whether or not there there definitely was we don't know but that is definitely the impression that's being given now freedom of information obviously is a two-edged sword on the one hand for journalists they can get access to uh, government documents uh, that you know have been recorded by civil servants or indeed by politicians themselves on the other hand uh, in this jurisdiction for example we've been told anecdotally that People just meet on the corridor and have a chat rather than write anything down. Yes, and that's one of the issues, I think, with the the sort of emerging government by WhatsApp method that we're seeing both uh, at the Scottish government and Westminster as well. People are, are, were not able to to meet and have these conversations in corridors. They were exchanging messages uh, on alternative messaging platforms. But you do expect that there are written records kept of important decisions. And, and that's one of the, the arguments that Nicola Sturgeon is putting forward, that she didn't conduct government by WhatsApp. She was using official channels when she was making important decisions. So is she, she saying was, that these were casual kind of conversations conducted by WhatsApp? I mean, they whiz back and forward uh, all the time. I often wonder when I look within uh, my own immediate circle, why don't you just pick up the phone and have a chat? <laughs> Why do you use your fingers and thumbs all the time when you could resolve the issue much quicker by having a real conversation? Indeed, but I think when you are uh, conducting business that is complicated and involves many different parties, it's probably easier to have WhatsApp groups or to have yeah. team groups. So a number like of that. recipients get the message at the same time and can all, can all contribute. So that, that does make sense. Uh, the question of where the pressure is coming from, I mean, if there is a scandal about uh, deaths that might have been averted, where is that scandal to be found? The pressure on... Nicola Sturgeon and on the SNP and on the Scottish Government is coming from multiple sides. I mean, one of obviously the the main issue here is the the impact that this is having on bereaved families. There is a a, a group of very vocal bereaved families who've engaged a lawyer who are saying that they are being hugely let down by this. And the contrast is that during the pandemic, Nicola Sturgeon's approval rating soared. She was incredibly trusted. Support for independence went up during the pandemic because of how well she was handling the situation, particularly in comparison to Boris Johnson down south. So this, I I think people's disappointment at discovering this this sort of layer of secrecy and and reading these messages and seeing the content of them and, and not seeing the content of the ones that have been deleted has come as a a particular shock Mm -hmm. and a particular disappointment. There's political uh, pressure from opposition politicians who are again talking about a culture of secrecy at the heart of the Scottish government. And uh, we're expecting Nicola Sturgeon to give evidence early next week. So it'll be fascinating to see, you know, what kind of answers she's going to be be coming up Um, with. And, uh, you know, she's saying that uh, some messages were retrieved from the recipients, even though her phone had been wiped clean. Uh, Some messages were retrieved. But uh, Jamie Dawson, the King's Counsel uh, for the Inquiry, said on Friday that no messages whatsoever or notebooks were handed over by Nicola Sturgeon. Uh, She's saying something else. 
there is a, a huge deal of scepticism about the notebooks and uh, and the written information. Uh, it, it seems sort of in, incredible that uh, that a senior figure like Nicola Sturgeon wouldn't be writing things down. So I think there'll be a lot of probing questions asked next week around that in particular. And, and yes, she has managed to retrieve messages from elsewhere, but that's not the same as retaining them herself. And she yeah. did say very clearly that she would retain them. So we also have the... Uh, Scotland's information commissioner is uh, is asking questions about this. He was quizzed about it yesterday in a, a Scottish radio programme and he's saying that the government appears to have subverted transparency rules, which obviously is a, a, a terrible look for the government. Um, and this obviously uh, is, I suppose, the view of uh, Nicola Sturgeon is also influenced by the investigations into her husband and herself over financial matters. There was an interesting piece in the the Sunday Times this week looking at um, various sort of machinations and things going on behind the scenes at the SNP. And an insider was quoted that now when people hear SNP or Nicola Sturgeon, they also hear police sirens. And there is this sort of sense that there, since Nicola Sturgeon's resignation last year, there has been issue after issue. You're referring to Operation Branch Forum, which is an investigation into SNP finances. But the new First Minister, Hamza Youssef, really has not had his troubles to seek because there have been sort of scandal after scandal, issue after issue, and just constant calls to Police Scotland to be coming in and sorting things out. And that was one of the issues with with this situation as well, with the deleted WhatsApps, was that the bereaved families were talking about making a complaint to Police Scotland. The police have said that there's nothing to investigate at the moment, but it is just this constant sort of connection between, you mentioned SNP, you mentioned Police Scotland in the same breath. Yeah, And finally, I should ask you what the polls are saying about the SNP in Scotland, because obviously the SNP's troubles are music to the ears of Keir Starmer, who might see a Labour recovery. Yes, and uh, and Hamza Youssef, our First Minister, has been saying repeatedly that uh, he expects Labour to win at the next election. So he's sort of Still trying to persuade people to vote SNP, of course, but also reaching out hands of friendship to Keir Starmer and to Anna Sarwar, the, the Labour leader in Scotland. But uh, it's it's up to Labour now to put a positive case forward for voting for them rather than relying on the problems of the SNP. Katrina Stewart, columnist with The Herald. Thank you very much uh, for joining us on the programme. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk.